Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt, and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts, or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. It's always great for more parents to hear these stories and get the information. All right, thank you, and on with the show. Hello and thanks for joining us. It is time, of course, for Kindling Helpline. If you'd like to get in touch with us now, um, you can either put your comments on Facebook uh, underneath the video if you're watching us there, or you can give us a call on 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. That's 1-800-543-772. With us now is Mother Craft Nurse Chris Minogue. Hello, Chris. Hi. How are you? I'm very well. We're just having a nice little chat about our long weekends. Um, but as you, you may not know, Chris has over 30 years' experience helping families um, with their babies, with their toddlers, with their young children, and mixing them all together. So if you have any questions, now's the time to call. As I often say, I've never heard a question that Chris can't answer. So if you'd like to call us now, the number is 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. But we might start up with an email from Rachel, Chris. Okay. Rachel says, I have a very headstrong bub. Think sleep school, self-weaning at eight months crawling in her hip brace at seven months and this baby is nine months old I believe. Anyway she's very particular about her food and has started crying in the high chair on occasion because what's on offer isn't what she wants. (laughs) I kind of wish we could do that. Don't you think (laughs) even when you're cooking it you're like choice. Anyway um, what she likes changes daily however she will always eat cheese and yogurt. She does eat cucumber, tomato, Toast, smoothies, pastas, and she'll only if she can feed herself. Yeah, she self feeds. Oats, wheat bix, must have yogurt, some meat, sometimes homemade fish fingers, sometimes zucchini slice. I could cook a lot of finger foods and normal food in the hope she will eat it. And we're talking chicken nuggets, savory muffins, pancakes, oat bars, oat bars, bag bowl, lamb casserole, the list goes on. I want to be your baby, Rachel. <laughs> I know, she's just... got quite a little um there's lots of nice choice yes that's right she doesn't drink much milk and she hasn't had a lot since about six months though uh, rachel offers three bottles a day yeah 6 a.m three or four depending on the sleep and at 6 30 p.m yeah she will at best drink about 250 ml for the whole day and has never finished a bottle she has amazing weight gain, so not concerned about that. Yeah. I just fear her fussiness with solids is only going to get worse if I don't tackle it now. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Oh, and she has three meals a day. Right. Well, oh, she's a lot doing, of information. Yeah, Thank that's, you, that's excellent. So she's definitely doing all the right things. She's having three bottles and she's having three meals. I can see the problem with dinner because she's having a bottle too late in the day. She's having a bottle around three or four. Whether she takes 50 mils or 150 mils there, it will fill her up too much to negotiate with dinner. So we might just change where those bottles lie for you and that might help um, because sometimes it's timing and sometimes we over-snack children, especially children we perceive that aren't eating well because we think they're not eating enough so we give them a snack two hours later or an hour later and she has lots of food that fills her such as cheese and yogurt 
So you can sort of see what's happening here. And she's very clever and she's very switched on. But you are giving her a really good variety and that's really important that you continue to give her a good variety. So give her a bottle in the morning. And if you're having trouble giving her breakfast, then try giving her breakfast as soon as she wakes up and an hour later offering the bottle because she's not a big bottle drinker anyway. And as long as you're offering lots of water over the day, she'll be absolutely fine. So maybe try breakfast when she gets up, about 15 minutes after she gets up. I think she will engage with the types of things you're giving her for breakfast better. An hour later, offer her a bottle and give her some milk in a cup um, with her breakfast if you feel she's not having enough. Then um, if she's really fussy with lunch, don't give her a morning tea snack. Just give her a little drink of water and maybe bring um, lunch earlier. So maybe giving her lunch around 11 or 11.30 might get her interested in the types of things that you're offering her and you're offering her a good variety. But at lunchtime, I do the finger foods again. Um, So, you know, you might do a small sandwich depending on how well she's eating. It could be sticks of the food that you've mentioned here. This is where I'd probably give her a bit of cheese and some cucumber sticks and, you know, another one that they like is even like a crusket with cream cheese and veggie on it because it melts really quickly in their mouth so I think you're doing the right thing smoothies they're going to take up lots of yogurt and lots of milk so be careful with your smoothie if you give her a smoothie um, you know it's going to interfere with the next bottle so about one o'clock I'd give her a bottle um, so lunch at 11 11 um, bottle at one put her down for her afternoon sleep and when she gets up instead of giving her a bottle just give her a little bit of fresh fruit so some strawberries chopped up something that's not really going to interfere with dinner dinner around five and then a bottle and put her down at night now the next thing is quantity so what we perceive to be enough and what they actually eat is two very different things so I would probably only put down about the palm of my hand Um, and I'd put about three choices of food down but over here in a bowl I might have a bit more so if she ate that then you can offer her a little bit more and the second thing is don't overwhelm her don't put the plate in front of her because she'll just tip it on the floor or she'll do this and she'll wipe it all (laughs) over the place so I might put down just a piece of sausage one cherry tomato and a cube of potato that you might have done and see if she'll engage in that and then as she's eating that you offer her a little bit more and a little bit more And nine-month-olds are very good at finger food, but they might need a little bit of mashed food as well at dinner time just to get the volume in. But um, I think I would keep going. And I have a look at your day, write it down over a few days and see how much snacking she's doing and maybe pull back on the snacks a little bit and that might encourage her to eat better for you. And if I could just pick up one of the things she said here, um, Chris, that I'm curious about. Yeah. she's um, Rachel's saying, will the fussiness now... Is it likely to lead into fussiness later? Not if generally you can correct it now, because usually we find that from nine months to 18 months, they sort of eat anything and everything. So I think that this is probably more a behavioural thing than it is a food thing. So she looks at the fish finger that she ate two days ago, but now won't eat it. That's a pure behaviour thing, okay? Mm-hmm. So she might be just that really savvy little nine-month-old that, you know, is forward-thinking. 
clever clever little girl. Well, yeah. good luck with that, Rachel. Hope that works out for you. You are listening to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue, where we're answering your questions, either those that have been emailed in, or you can pop your questions below if you're watching us on Facebook. If you are listening to us, you can give us a call on one eight hundred Kids Radio, and you can ask your question directly to Chris. Our next one comes from Brooke. It's toddler aggression to sibling and this is from our Facebook live. Hi Brooke, thanks for writing in. Uh, Brooke says my two and a half year old toddler is starting to become rough and sometimes displays aggression towards our six month old. We try to give her one on one time but are there any other tips that could help? Uh, So this is actually more common than toddlers being aggressive to babies, to second babies. So more we see this because our cute little six-month-old who's sitting there like a target um, <laughs> is, you know, sitting there and clapping hands and everybody's giving lots of attention to this cute little six-month-old. And along comes a two-and-a-half-year-old who, um, you know, is a little self-centred and thinks the world revolves around them. So what we first have to say is you need to interrupt the behaviour as much as you can because it becomes a learned behaviour for attention. So I would spend a couple of days where the six-month-old might be on the floor playing and you're between the two-and-a-half-year-old and the six-month-old and as she sort of looks like she's going to do something to the six, six-month-old, I would distract her to come and play with you. It takes a little bit of time and patience, but think of it as her not being aggressive towards the six-month-old. It's just that the six-month-old is a target that allows her to get attention from you. So it's not that she looks at the six-month-old and thinks, why did you come into my life? I'm about to knock you over. It's actually, if I knock you over, I get a great response from a parent or a carer. So let's try and interrupt the behavior and sit around them. And if you have to leave them, take one with you. So don't necessarily leave a two-and-a-half-year-old and a a six-month-old in the room together just at the moment until you feel more secure in that she's not going to hurt her. Remember to discipline the behaviour, not who she did it to. So I say we don't push, not we don't push your sister because it sort of allows them to push somebody else. (laughs) I hadn't thought of it that way. (laughs) Discipline the behaviour, not who she did it to, and then you can say now you've hurt Sally so you need to you know, give her a cuddle or give her a kiss or something like that. Mm. But the discipline is about the behaviour, the hit, the push, the kick, the bite, not about who she did it to. And you mentioned that it's um, it's very common once the baby's six months old. Yeah, really common. Is it also a common thing for the age that uh, Brooke's toddler is at? At, at the two and, and a half, half, yeah, because at two to two and a half, almost verging on three, they are very self-centred. They do think the world revolves around them and you can see that in lots of their behaviours. But by the time they get up to three, they sort of know their world's bigger than that and they start to be able to control those behaviours. They know the difference between right and wrong. So So it's partly the age group. Uh, And so I'm just asking, Brooke, because this is something you hear a lot as a parent. What about, um, at what age can um, can Brooke start to say to her child, at what age is it appropriate to say something like... um, that would that doesn't feel nice. Well, I mean, oh yeah, empathy. put more empathy and sympathy yeah. closer to three. Okay, because a two-year-old, if you said now that doesn't feel nice when you hit Sally, 
she'd mm. go, yeah, that's right. That's why because, I did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because they're still a little bit introverted. Yep. But certainly once you've disciplined the behaviour, you can then say, that hurts Sally when you do that. Mm. We can give her a hug. So you're sort of modelling the behaviour before their cognitive behaviour really gets it. And some two-and-a-half-year-olds can do that, especially if they're second or third children. But as a first child, you haven't learnt the skill. So you're sort of trying to feel your way through all of that type of behaviour. All right. Good luck, Brooke. I hope that helps. The next one is an email from Kelly. She says, my two and two-month-old-year-old daughter has been waking up... um, has been taking up to two hours to settle. It's been happening for a few weeks. It started as her wanting to hold hands until she fell fell asleep. (laughs) We progressed to just being in the room with her. As soon as we left, she would scream and cry constantly. In a bid to break the habit, we converted her cot to toddler bed. She will now go and sit quietly in the hallway, no crying, until we go upstairs and put her back to bed. All we say is bedtime or it's time to sleep. Although going up up the stairs every two minutes is great exercise, nice Nice silver lining there. Yep, (laughs) We are now thinking it's better to leave her in the hall until she might take herself to bed or fall asleep. Last night, she fell asleep for two and a half hours on the top of the stairs. Oh, yeah, it's so cute. She naps from 11.30 to 1 each day. Help, we want our evenings back. Okay, so... I think for this one, it's just quite literally a behaviour around going to bed at night because she's not oversleeping in the day and she's a bit young to lose her day sleep. So I don't think that's... If you're if she's sleeping between 11.30 and 1 um, and she could even go to 12.30 to 2 and you were putting her down between 7 and 7.30, it's not about the sleep she's getting in the day. I think it's just that she's sort of learnt that if I call out, you'll respond in some way and you have done it very well. The only thing I wouldn't have done was taken the side off a bed just because of the fact that she's wandering around the house and that she could do that in the middle of the night. So you need to, I think you're doing, in essence, the right thing. Um, And what I would do is maybe turn it around into a positive. So now that you've taken the sides off the bed, Maybe what you could try is say to her, if you stay on your bed, you can listen to an audio book for 10 or 15 minutes. And what she might do is just fall off to sleep while she's laying in her bed. And so it's a positive thing. And But I do like the fact that if she's on the steps, you just go back and you say it's time for bed and you put her back in her bed. If that gets more difficult, because trust me, she can ramp it up then sometimes we just put a baby gate on her door so that we know she's safely in her room and not wandering around the house and she can go to sleep wherever she likes. The same theory that you're using, but I think, you know, the gate might give you a little bit of reassurance that she's not in the bathroom or she's not in another bedroom doing something, but you allow her to go to sleep wherever she finds and you'll probably find she'll just wander back to her bed if she can't get out of the room and get back in her bed. All right. Well, good luck with that, Kelly. Um, this is Kindling Helpline on Kindling Kids Radio. If you've got a question for Chris, you can call us now on one eight hundred Kids Radio, or you could post your question below the Facebook feed if you're watching us live via Facebook. Um, you can also text us, of course, at zero four three seven double six five two hundred. Now we have a question from Hannah, which is from the Facebook Live. Hi, Hannah. Thanks for writing. So she says, "When my four-year-old daughter refuses to eat dinner, she is." suddenly hungry at bedtime. <laughs> yep, had that before. What is the best approach once we reach this point? Milk, other food, water, nothing, something else. 
the general rule is that it takes a long time to starve a child. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, basically we love our children and it depends what point you're trying to make here. But if you've given her a reasonable meal in a reasonable time frame and she just flatly refuses to eat it, then I think you've made your choice at that point because then if she comes back, and let's face it, at 7 o'clock she'll be hungry because she didn't eat at 5 or 5.30. She's 4, mm-hmm. so you could feed her anywhere between 5.30 and 6. If she was going to bed at 7.30 and she was hungry, you, I would agree. I'd say, yes, you probably are hungry. <laughs> and the only thing I would offer her is a drink of water. So I think consistency is what this is about. And and again, look over her day and look at how much snacking she might be doing inadvertently, especially daycares because they give a late afternoon snack and see how you might be able to, you know, adjust the food she's eating so she's hungry enough to at dinner time to at least engage in the meal that you're offering to her. Good luck, Hannah. It's def- I'm glad you asked that question because it's happened for me yes. as well. <laughs> uh, there's a question from Rhonda who actually asked this uh, at the Facebook Live last week. We just yeah. didn't have time to get to it. Sure. My almost three-year-old twins are extremely sensitive to sounds, anything, even an ice cream truck or coffee grinder, outside noises, and they hold their ears all the time. Also, one of them, she holds her poo in. She's not constipated. She just, yep, holds, she just it. holds it. It's been going on for at least six months. Could any of these issues be sensory related. I've been to GPs and paediatricians with no help or answers for the past six months. Okay, so the sensitivity to sound is very, very common in children. Um, And I think it's more when there's lots of sounds on. So if you knew you were going to put the coffee grinder on, I'd certainly say to the girls, the girls, they're just twin, three-year-old twins. So I would certainly say to them, mummy's going to put the grinder on. You know, I'd say, put your hands on your ears or do you want to wait, you know, out the back? Do you want to play out the back while I put the grinder on? Lots of kids, it's the vacuum, you know, the vacuum sends them off or a blender. So it's these really sudden sounds and they normally just grow out of it. So in these ones where you can control it, I would tell them what's going on. And I think they do have sensitive hearing. Like they can hear really, uh, you know, distances and all that sort of thing. So I don't think that's... A, sensi- a sensory um, deficiency in them or not, sensory um, challenge. challenge for them. The second thing, which is holding in their poops, that's more common. So lots and lots of kids do this, but they're now three. So how I'd get around that one is basically you ask them to sit on a toilet twice a day for about five minutes and their body will naturally just start to do a poop. And don't make it, you must sit there. I just get a book and say, we're going to read the book and we're going to sit on the toilet. And five minutes twice a day, whenever you can fit it in, will probably relieve them. They will just do a poo. And once they've done the first one, I think you'd be away from them. There's sort of this little bit of a fear or an apprehension about doing a poop in the toilet. So let's help them. Um, You can maybe even use a potty seat if they really flatly refuse to go to the toilet and do it because that would work because their knees would be higher than their hips and you'll probably find it will relieve the constipation or relieve the Holding holding on because their body would just do it. Okay well good luck with that one Rhonda. 
Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, We have a question from Alyssa. She says, my almost two-year-old has started hitting her head in frustration when she's wanting attention and if if she gets cranky. She's also started to pinch and hit everyone. Is this just a phase? My two eldest never did this. Thank you. Oh, yes. It is a phase. She will get over it. But she's just learnt that that gets great attention if you pinch. The one thing I'd say is don't pitch her back. Don't hit her. Don't kick her back. Um, Good advice. And, and she's, she's doing it when she gets cranky. So she's probably getting tired and she's a bit frustrated. And it sounds like she has two older siblings. And you never know who starts the argument. So she might be doing it because they've got something that she wants and it's not appropriate for her to have. So that makes them run off. Um, And she might be doing it because they might be at her. We don't know how old the other two children are. So all I would say is, where possible, try and interrupt the action of pinching and she will learn not to use it as a defence. But it is absolutely normal for two-year-olds to hit, kick or bite or pinch. It's very um, dangerous being a parent sometimes. Yeah, it is. You've got to, it's navigating some choppy waters there. So, But it's really, really normal. Okay. okay. All right, Lisa. Well, good luck with that. We have a similar question to this from Jocelyn, who is on Facebook Live now. Hello, yep. Jocelyn. Um, Jocelyn says, my nearly two-and-a-half-year-old hits himself in the face uh, if he gets told, told off. off. But it, he's doing it like he's trying to punish himself. Yeah, that's right. He'll also do this when he doesn't like the answer to something. He comes to me straight away for a cuddle. There's no tantrum. But I hate him hitting. There's no hitting in our house. I really want to use the right words and behaviour to stop him hitting himself, please. So maybe yeah. if you could reiterate the language because that can so be So that's hard. a really, you know, the language one. But again, we see this where they hit themselves if they're being told off if they can't do something. They hit themselves Um or if um, they're tired and things aren't going right. And it's sort of the same thing. So one is that you know sort of when he's going to do it. So you know if he's maybe not slept well, he's going to do it. If you know if he's put in a difficult situation, if, if he wants a chocolate and you're going to say no, you know what the reaction would be. So where you can control it, I would get down before you say the no, where he goes to hit himself, I'd get down and maybe just gently bring his hands down while you explain to him that he's not going to get what what will be told off for what it is. So I think you have to be really calm with this one. So you get down, he you're going to tell him that no, he cannot have a chocolate at four o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the afternoon, either of those. Yeah. So I'd get down and I'd bring his arms down and I'd say, We're not gonna have chocolate now. Um, and I just stay by him so that you can keep his arms down. And if he gets a bit frustrated, uh, in this case, I would actually give him the hug. And then later, once this episode is finished, I would go back and I would talk to him about the behaviour. So, you know, it upsets mummy when I see you hitting yourself. If you get angry, maybe you can come and sit on the chair or you can sit on the couch. Um, and again, as you said, using language that he can understand. And also, does he have enough language to tell you how he feels, which is a really tricky thing at this age group mm. because they don't have enough depth of yeah. empathy and sympathy to give you the language like, I'm angry. So you need to say to him, I, you know, this is when you get angry and you're, it's okay to be angry, but we need to sit here 
to you know relieve the anger but is that emotion coaching you know when we yeah it's sort of along those lines but two and a half is so tricky three-year-olds can do that really easy you can do empathy and sympathy and you can explain anger and frustration and all that but that two and a half year old they're sort of there and they're sort of not quite there they sort of it's almost like they step in and step out of that maturity and so I think here you have to have time and patience and calm voices and it's hard because he's done something you're about to tell him no or don't or stop and you've got this reaction where it's physical to him so just get up close and and hold those hands down Okay, well, good luck with that one, um, Jocelyn. And we have time now for two more questions. We are probably going to run a little bit over, but just so you know, we will be back next Monday if you haven't had your question answered yet. This one comes from Kerry-Ann. Um, it's another, We've got a lot of two-and-a-half-year-old questions yes. today. It's been um, a long holiday. <laughs> <laughs> we have a two-and-a-half-year-old boy who's not great at playing autonomously at home. We know he plays well at occasional care but demands our attention 100% uh, of the time at home. He has mum and dad at home with him, so they both work yeah. part-time from home, and a four-month-old brother. Dad has been at home since a month before new brother was born. How can we encourage him to learn to play by himself sometimes without it being a fight? So the first thing is, how long do you think is long enough for him to play on his own? And a two-and-a-half-year-old, I'd only think they'd play on their own for about 20 minutes. So one is, you know, are you asking him to go out in the backyard and dig a garden or are you asking him <laughs> just to sit over there and play with his blocks? So first, be reasonable in what you're asking him. The second thing with children that go to occasional care and daycares, they get lots of attention there. So they sort of get this mixed message. So when I'm at daycare, I've got lots of attention. There's people around. There's things to do all set up. And when I go home, we're at home and you're not his preschool teacher. So there's a little bit of that, you know, what am I going to do? Because I'm used to always being entertained. And there's a little bit of the expectation that we would only think he would be able to play for about 20 minutes. So to get around that, you need to ask them at his occasional care what he's enjoying to, what he's enjoying doing. And also, it'd be interesting to ask them, does he play on his own? Because usually at two and a half, they don't. They play with someone. They're starting to play together or beside each other, or you're doing something with them. So you might set up blocks or Lego or Duplo, depending on his age. So here, I've put these there for you. You might have a little bit of water play that he's doing outside, and, and you're there watching him, and you're only asking him to do little periods of time on his own. And then they'll just start extending as he gets older. Okay. But I think it's probably a little bit of mix of that. But two and a half year olds don't spend a lot of time on their own playing on their own. They they're beside you or near you. They need some help. Yeah. All right, Carrie Ann, I hope that helps. Um our last question today comes from Sierra from our Facebook Live. Hi Sierra. Uh screaming eight month old. Oh. My daughter is starting the habit of screaming at the top <laughs> of her lungs to get her way. What are some effective ways to try to get this under control without taking away her feeling of communication? I love that. Yeah. It's probably right, isn't it? It's she's... just the way she's communicating. Yeah. We want her to communicate too, but we don't want to communicate by screaming. Sometimes. If screaming leads to what she wants, then she'll keep using screaming as a form of communication. So if screaming gets me out of the high chair and I can sit on your lap to eat, then she'll just keep doing it. So you have to look at what the screaming, which we, we don't have a few ideas here, what the screaming is about. 
is she screaming because you're changing her nappy? And eight-month-olds don't like to be pinned down. That's where you do that contortionist act to get a nappy on them. So most of them will scream. If she's screaming because she's banging the tray top and she's wanting her lunch, but you've put her in the, the high chair and lunch isn't ready, then I wouldn't put her in the high chair till lunch was ready. So it probably is about the circumstances around why she's screaming at you. So try and predict where that would occur um, and try and interrupt them, which is quite similar to the other things that we have been talking about today. So if she's screaming when you put her in the high chair, don't put her in there until the food's ready. As soon as she's finished her meal, get her out of the high chair. And it just decreases what she's screaming about. Um, If she's screaming about a nappy, she is going to scream because they do, because they don't want to lay down for the nappy. Bribery and corruption there. Have some toy that comes out, like the flashing ball that comes out, but it only comes out when the nappy's on. Because she doesn't have language. She has babble and crying and screaming. So she's using Mm. it very effectively. Thanks, she's smart. Yeah, she's really good. Um, And we're going to try and interrupt as many as we can do. Yeah. And so then, in a way, it's not going to take away that feeling that she's communicating with a mum because you're But she's not communicating it. the right way. So when she's yeah. babbling, I'd yeah. be babbling back to her. And okay. when maybe at the end of her dinner and you go up and she goes, ah, you know, so, oh, that's up and you get her up. But screaming isn't an effective way of communicating unless you're stuck, unless there's actually something physically wrong with you. Um, but it sounds like screaming is the way she's communicating. So that's a bit different. Okay. Yeah. Well, good, good luck with that, Sierra. And I should mention that if you have asked a question and then you come up with more in the week, you can always come back to us yeah. and we, um, Chris can t- try and tweak it. But that is all we have time for today. Please, if we didn't get to your question, remember, we can look at it again next week with Chris. Um, Chris, thank you so much for coming in today. Pleasure. And don't forget to check out the Kindling Conversation podcast where we put all of our chats with Chris so they're uploaded and you might find your problems will be addressed there. As you saw today, there's lots of questions that come in that are quite similar. Um, If you'd like to reach out during the week, please do text us on 0437 665 200 or email conversation at kindling.com.au. We're the Beanies. Get your child off screens and into their imagination as we explore how bubbles are made. What's in a sneeze? Achoo! And what's with the weather today? Professor Know-It-All knows. Hello, Beanies. Hello. The The Beanies. Beanies. A podcast just for kids. Subscribe now on iTunes or listen anytime on the Kindling app.